Welcome back to the I Am Virago podcast, where we get real about the struggle, drop the occasional F-bomb, and hear how amazing Virago women imperfectly navigate the world around them. Today's guest, Emmanuel Verhagen, is inspiring on so many levels. She's passionate about bringing the concept of heartful leadership to the world. She had successfully navigated the world of marketing, operations, and research, and she had the perfect life until she realized she was living a lie. She was a woman trapped in a man's body. To live her authenticity required great courage and sacrifice. Hear her unique perspective of experiencing the business world as both a man and a woman, and what it's like to be a trans woman in the world today. So grab that cup of ambition and let's get started. I am Emmanuel Verhagen, um, as they say in Dutch, and to pay my bills, I create adult learning experiences. My passion is uh, is leadership, uh, leadership from the heart. It's what I call heartful leadership. Heartful leadership. Can you tell me a little more about that? As life progressed, I started to think about what is leadership, and I've completed a number of roles uh, in various positions, small companies, large companies, listed companies, had my own company. So I had a lot of leadership exposure, and I gently tried to figure out, you know, what, what is leadership really? Uh, and I figured out it's not something you can learn as something from a book. It's something you need to figure out what it is. And I experienced works best is when you start leading from your heart. Mm-hmm. With all the authentic and vulnerable being you are, mm-hmm. and when I look around, there's not much or not enough of that around today, and our world so much needs much more heart there, and that's what I want to do. I wish you much luck in that because we definitely need it. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the work that you do. The work that I do is mainly around creating workshops. It's about adult learning experiences. So I create workshops and retreats uh, or longer programs and one-on-one coaching, which is also a learning experience. It can be of any kind, anything that, that helps people learn how to get in life, get in touch with other people. What is leadership and what is their leadership? When they are in leadership and, and they're already far along the path, amplify it dramatically. Mm. I love the drama part of that. The drama. The drama. Make it huge. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So can you tell me about a recent professional or personal win? Uh, Yeah. I've been long holding off from one of my target groups. Um, My safety zone is working with people in in business, with small and medium enterprises. That's my safety zone because I've been there. So that's like easy. And I'm, I'm a transgendered person. I'm a trans woman. And I wish I tried to avoid doing anything within the community uh, because I was too busy doing other stuff and I was doing too much important stuff. And recently I started getting in touch with a lot of people that pointed me towards my authenticity, which is basically, you know, as a trans woman, that's my authenticity. I'm like, you know, when I talk about authenticity, I should like really own it. So what happened in the last couple of weeks, I started designing a leadership program for trans people with a very short introduction kind of fundamentals thing, one day thing, and then followed with a whole program of about six months with four retreats, with pod calls in the middle and, and exercises and, and stuff to do in the middle, uh, online stuff. And we're trying to put that into the world. We haven't got a fixed launching date, but it's going to be somewhere in November around the Transgender Day of Remembrance. is like a nice starting point for us to kick into a positive perspective. So that's one thing that's that's there. And... On another note, I've been exploring uh, yesterday an interesting talk with uh, a, a Tantra yoga teacher of mine to create a, a body-oriented program for trans people to really dive into what's the physicality and, and what's the gift of who we are 
Oh. From the basics. So with both of these programs, what is your hoped for outcome? What's the stake? The stake is about offering tools to the community to step up in their daily lives. Because one thing I learned in my transition and my my work I'm doing is that trans person, there's this quality of bridging, uh, of being able to walk between two worlds, both the male and the female world, uh, and feel at home in both of them. Mm. And kind of like emulate that togetherness and bring into a woman's world uh, masculine energy or masculine polarity. And vice versa, bring softness into masculine world, bring that, that feminine power into to masculine world and being accepted in that, in that role. You, uh, you are in a unique position. Uh, yeah. Well, to have experienced the business world as a man mm-hmm. and now to experience the business world as a woman. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a difference? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's fascinating actually to 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 have been in both parts. I used to be one of the boys and and part of the boys gang that controlled everything and and ordered people around. And then when I gave up to say that, gave that privilege that male privilege away, a lot of people declared me crazy to start with. But you know, when you're born a woman, you're born a woman. That, that's who you are. So it's not by giving away or choosing whatever you want or not want. It's, it's who you are. And Switching sides, so to say, got me into a different camp. But with all the things I, as a man, used to behave, uh, I experienced it from the other side. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, oh. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but it's this up and downsides because there's up and downsides in both worlds. Uh, there's also downside in women's, women's world. Uh, there's downside in men's world. In a man's world, where you're not playing at par or not playing the game as it's supposed to be played and not be, if you're not playing to be a top dog, you're in trouble. Uh, as a man. In a women's world, it's different, but there's also that kind of structure being tested on, on where do you stand, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it works both ways, but yeah. And what are you taking away from that particular experience about the difference between how men and women are treated? We we tend to go towards or to, to make assumptions about people because someone is a man or a woman, they're supposed to behave in, in one way or another. We have a whole set of things we think about them. We assume that, you know, it's a man, it's that, that, and that. It's very stereotypical. The reality is it's always different. And what we do is we don't see the people as they are. What it taught me is like that shock from my stereotypical male's world going to a stereotypical woman's world. Uh, my stereotypes I had for my transition where I would end as a woman are completely different mm. or someone different now than, than what I expected to be. Uh, much better, much different, much richer, much whatever it is. And it's, it's about dropping the stereotypes and taking one step further. And within everything I'm, I'm doing in my leadership and heartful leadership thing, which is the front side for me, there's a back side to that. And that's the impact of leadership. And the impact side where I work on and, and love playing with is, is the inclusion side. And inclusion is all about dropping the assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurs about the person who's in front of you, whatever, of whoever he or she is. So I'm you brought it, curious. Curiosity is so important in every aspect of life. I know that there are people who are uncomfortable talking to or approaching trans people because they just don't, they don't know. They're ignorant of what's going on. They don't know what to ask. They're afraid that they're going to use the wrong pronouns. Mm. What advice do you have for people who have trans people in their life and want to connect with them, but are unsure how to? Trans people are human beings, like everyone. (laughs) 
There's nothing strange about that. Uh, they're very approachable, as far as I know, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just reaching out and, and starting the conversation. And it's okay to be not aware. Um, it's one of the things, as a trans person, from my perspective, I know that people have questions about that. I'm just not there to preempt the question. If people ask the question, I'm happy to talk about it. Because mm -hmm. I do know that I know a lot about those things. And I do know there are a lot of questions about it. But if they're not asked, I'm, like, I'm not trying to you know, promote anything. It's like... It's who I am. And my life is, is a normal life for me. Uh, it may sound, seem bizarre on the outside for other people, uh, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. Get curious about it and just ask. I can, I can handle that. And I think every trans person can handle that. The, it's genuine curiosity that people have towards each other. That's what works. And that's what builds the authenticity and what builds relationships in the end. What I find out, everybody wants to be heard one way or another, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody has their own story. Mm -hmm. No, no one is no one's norm, normal, actually. No, no. In my years of coaching and and doing stuff, I'm like, yeah, I've never met a normal or the standard person. So we're all different. We're all different, and we just want to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, listeners of this podcast know that I like to go to the the dark side. Is there a professional or personal struggle that you're currently dealing with? When I look at my uh, my CV or and the stuff I've done in my life, I'm like, there's, there's a big success story. It's like I was leader in big companies and leader in create two companies on my own, you know. And now I'm I'm on my own, and the struggle is is always like, how do I get my lead generation going? How do I really connect with people? How do I get people to my workshops? And I get lost in that. I'm a marketing specialist. I supposed to be. I like that. Companies. Supposed to be? You You are. You are. <laughs> yeah, but yes, and I used to consult blue chip companies on, on market strategies in, in across Southeast Asia. How do I position my brand in seven markets and how do I connect with people? That's my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm like doing this for myself. I'm like, I, I'm lost. I'm like, how do I do this for my own brand? And that's a struggle. And what are, I mean, you have to figure out how to do it. So what are you doing to help yourself get to where you need to be? It took me a while to get there. Um, initially, I was like, I'm a marketeer, so I, I have to figure this out myself. Uh, and at a certain point, I caught myself following uh, the Facebook tutorials and, and videos on, on how to make Facebook advertising work and everything. I'm like, and after a while, I'm like, I, I can't. This isn't my thing. I just need to ask help and admit that uh, how good a strategist I may be, I just suck at doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not necessarily an implementer. Yeah, it's like, it's beyond me. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one admitting that to myself, it's like, you know, gosh, I, I really failed doing that. And then recovering in terms of, you know, let's ask for help now to people who know something about it. Yeah, I want to I wanna underline that, asking for help. Yeah. It's actually a sign of strength, mm. in my opinion, that when we admit and raise our hand and say, I'm not good at this or I don't want to be good at this. You're absolutely right. And, and what I learned in asking help is it just opens so many doors I would never have expected. Mm. I'm meeting plenty of new people who are like lining up to work with me on my cause. I'm like, I never expected that. Uh, the delight on your face. I, I wish the, the folks listening could see. So it sounds like you've been doing a lot of personal work and, and personal development, professional development work. What is uh, one area that you're focusing on right now? And what are you doing about improving that area or, or digging deeper in that area? Uh, one of the things I decided for myself in recently is like, I'll be going on a soul vacation, soulcation, whatever you want to call that, uh, at least once a year. 
uh, a week off and going offline, off grid, off everything, and doing something which is deeper than what I'm normally do. Um, so one of the things which is on my list, I would love to do a, a vision quest uh, in the desert or in the mountains, or but really a deep and long one, being on my own for a couple of days and, and away from everything and take that uh, as a starting point. There's also an exploration I want to do, coming back to transgender things. I spent some time developing or designing a workshop in, the, in my leadership retreat. And for that, I spent time in Albuquerque, Colorado, New Mexico, the Four Corners area. And I spent some time on my own driving around, going up the mountains, exploring whatever is there. And I really enjoyed that. And I felt very connected to the area for some reason or another. And it made me realize that there is, within Native American cultures, within certain tribes or clans, there is there's this, this ambivalence within a tribe or within a clan where people can live in, in the role or the gender role of the other gender. So there's this kind of fluidity. And I'm, I'm very curious to dive into that and explore that further, to see how that worked in society. Because maybe the story I make up for myself, maybe there's a learning we can all have as a society today from what was there. Mm. Oh, that sounds really juicy and fun and exciting. Yeah, it's exciting when I think about it. It's like, yeah, and like a new mission coming up. It's like a quest almost. Yeah, yeah. And, but one of, one of the things that you said early on um, when we first started talking about this is that you're kind of on a break. And I want to just explore that a little bit because, you know, we feed each other with all this new information, but there has to be time for the integration. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to hit pause and deepen that learning. And so in deepening that learning, you've done all the work. What are you doing to deepen the learning? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> what I'm doing is, doing is a combination of things. What I start doing is, is meditating in the morning, which I've never done. Well, up to six months ago, I've never done that. And yet it's not, it's not a rule. So I try to. When I feel like it, I'll, I'll do that, take time off. I start to cycle again. Uh, because that's also for me time off in my brain, going out in, in nature on my bicycle. And, and it's the way to, to like zero out from the stuff which is happening around continuously on social media. You got the, you know, internet stuff. You got new family. You got the, everything around you. And it's like I'm zeroing out. There's, I don't have a cell phone with me. I have nothing with me. So I'm physically unavailable in the world. Uh, I'm just there with my bike. Um, I love to connect with people and, and figure out new ways to connect with people. And one thing I start to realize is it all starts with your own community and close by, the closer you get. And I start to reach out within the, the community I'm, I'm living, actually. I've settled into a very diverse community, but never really took the time to talk to people. Uh, and so now I take time, at least once a week, I try to meet someone new in my neighborhood and have a chat with them. Uh, just about, you know, nothing about the weather, about the birds that sing, about why the hell are we here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what have you discovered from doing that? That I feel much more at home now. Home was very functional. It's like a place I live. And within my transition, my first concern was having a safe place, uh, being safe somewhere where I could transition. And so the area I chose was a very uh, multicultural area. A lot of people from all backgrounds together, uh, which made me feel very safe and, and protected. But protection became very important initially. Mm-hmm. So now at this stage, I'm like, I switch it around. I'm like, I'm owning myself wherever I stand in the world, owning that spot. What it feels like now is like I'm starting building from home uh, and extending my home into a bigger family. Oh. Uh, it's not me and my, uh, my partner. It's like it's us and the world and everything around that. You have a great deal of life experience 
probably, you know, double or triple what the average person has given all that you've, you know, your courage in accepting who you are and taking steps to fully express that. And it's very impressive. What advice would you have for, for young women going into the workplace or young people in general? What, what advice would you give them? Oh, thank you. I don't always see myself as having big, huge experiences. I think what I felt key in everything I did and, and or the path I tried to follow is stay close in contact with myself, really trying to feel, uh, I always, almost want to say what I want, but it's not so much want, wanting, it's more longing. It's not always defined, but being really true about where you stand and, and have a good feel for that and start from there. And, and make choices based on, on that connection with yourself. And I think that the thing to work on uh, is to work on the connection with yourself, to really feel into that and, and build that. And, and really, really start from there and be mindful. Think about transition, something across my mind now, uh, what I learned from that and playing in two worlds is how important language is. Uh, mm. The words we choose and we bring into the world uh, do change things. And there's a quality of choosing how we want to say something because that alters the dynamic for somebody else too. If you use very masculine words, there's going to be a masculine energy around. And the question is, do you want that? Because, well, in some cases you would want a masculine energy in a space. And sometimes you might want a feminine energy in the space. And so you get to choose is what you're saying. Yes, uh, you get to choose, but you also have to be mindful of what your culture around you is doing and how you impact that and how much you play with it. And I'll give you an example from Belgium, which, which struck me a lot. Um, Dutch language has the quality that all Germanic languages have and Latin languages have, where you have words with a male and a female version. Like you know, in Spanish, you have also the male and the female version of the same word. There was a movement in the Dutch language a couple of years ago that we decided to make our life easier. We would only stick to the male version of the word. Mm. So whatever function title you have, it's always going to be masculine. Mm. So, for instance, the word doctor, medical doctor, you got doctor and, and the feminine version is doctor is. From now on, it's normal that all female doctors are called doctor. And the, the femininity is cut out of the system completely, which I find very terrifying because you kick out a feminine part of you and everything becomes very masculine, mm -hmm. uh, which I feel goes towards a certain roughness in society and there's no counterbalance anymore somewhere. Mm. It's a small example, but those kind of things do matter, I feel. And it does matter in how you describe yourself. Because mm -hmm. as a woman, you, you have to use a masculine word to define yourself. Where, where does that put you? Mm -hmm. uh, well, that leads me to Virago, mm. the word that we're trying to reclaim for women mm -hmm. that says that you are powerful, compassionate, wise, mm -hmm. and you are a Virago. And it's specifically for women. Mm -hmm. What makes you a Virago? Oh gosh, what makes me a Virago? <laughs> it's, it's the power of like a lighthouse in the sea. It's like you make a stand for something and you start from there, uh, whatever stand it is, something you really believe in as an individual, uh, as a woman, but it goes with or against the flow. It doesn't matter. Uh, you just know and taking a stand for what you know to be true. That for me is, is the Virago part. And where I, I took my biggest stand of all stands I did is for my transition. Uh, I had on paper a normal life. But it just wasn't me. It was not authentic. It was everything I wasn't. Uh, it was everything I was taught to be, but not owning me. It was safe. It was comfortable. I had everything I, I wanted and needed. I, I was on picture perfect in society. Uh, fast cars, beautiful partner, beautiful everything, great house. And I said, like, this is not me. 
And that was my standing up for authenticity, for who I was, and, and accepting what was within me, uh, accepting that the woman, which was hiding in, in the male body somewhere, uh, which was very scary for me to get into that and even consider that to be true. But then owning it and stepping into that brought me where I am today. Um, I think that that was my Virago moment. Um, and knowing the effect of that, it was, was going against everything I was taught, everything I saw. I lost basically everything. I lost my partner, house, I lost my friends, and I had to start again. But that's the price I pay for that. And thank God, I'll pray it again. Just the vast amount of courage that you've displayed is inspiring. Thank you. So we're ending, nearing the end of the interview. And uh, this is where I like to ask my guest, you know, what do you wish I would have asked you that I didn't? I think the, the question you didn't ask is, how can I make my movement bigger and larger? Because it's about change for me. It's about creating movement and making people step up to their authenticity, mm. own their own leadership, uh, discover what is possible, and create a tidal wave of change where heart goes first. And it's always heart first. It's leading heart forward every day again and questioning that. And, and it's not about only about you. It's about how can you create a world for everybody around you with your heart forward? Mm-hmm. That is the key question. And making it a choice every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Waking up, I'm like, I'm going to lead this world heart forward. Mm. Just imagine what the world would be like. Yeah, imagine. Emmanuel, it has been such an honor and a privilege to know you and to have you on this podcast. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Janice. You're, you're amazing and I, I love your movement you're creating. I'm on the sidelines and I'm cheering you on. Thank you, thank you. Okay, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, my Viragos, for listening to the I Am Virago podcast. Check out new episodes every Tuesday. If you have ideas or suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on this podcast, go to IamVirago.com slash podcast and leave a message. And remember, you are a Virago. Thank you.